Hello everyone, welcome back to the Bold and Virtuous podcast. I'm your host, Denisa, and this morning, this afternoon, whatever time it is over there, um, I'm going to go through a little bit of a creative phase in this episode. I hope that's all right. So what we're going to do today is I'm actually going to bring out, out of the dust, uh, one of the novels that I've been working on for so many years. So for those of you guys who don't know, um, I'm actually a writer. So that's what inspired me initially when I created the Bolton Virtuous blog. Um, and that's then led to this podcast. But yeah, so I've always been a writer. I love stories. I love everything that has to do with um, just creating a new world and leading people to finding a whole new place um, within themselves and, of course, within God. Um, and there is this novel that I wrote a while back. And I am still very much passionate about it. There are many people I've told about it. Um, I just don't know. I'm still trying to figure out its way into the world. Because it's very different to anything that is out there. And a lot of the agents I've spoken to, most of them just said, oh, there's no, there's no niche for this. Um, but you know what they say. When God gives you something... It, uh, it doesn't have to have a niche. You can be, become that niche, you know. And it kind of was like that, the way I wrote this with him and everything. It was, um, it was inspired, truly. I had the most amazing supernatural experience writing this book with God. Um, and it's, it's basically a fantasy book about a girl who is trying to find her identity. But she doesn't know that that's what she's looking for. She thinks she's looking for her dream, which is to become a star in the sky, to become a light shining in the darkness. But as she goes along and she finds various people and various doors, she realizes that it was her identity she needed and not necessarily uh, to be a light just yet. Um, so I'm going to read a little extract from chapter three. It's one of my favorites, um, and it basically, the, the story starts with the girl kind of in a boat, and she is traveling, but she doesn't know where she's going, she doesn't know where she's been, she just knows she's in the boat, and she's, she's sailing along, until one day she meets someone, and they send her over, or he, it's a, like a sea monster, he sends her over to the land or so she thinks. Um, so let's just get started. I hope, I don't know, maybe you're driving, maybe you're chilling in your house, maybe you're cleaning your kitchen, whatever it is you're doing, do your thing and let this be like a little BBC4 kind of radio sort of little moment. Um, just hearing a story and trying to figure out where, it, where it's going. So let's, uh, let's start. A lot of time passed after the sea monster left the girl. The wind and water traveled with her in the same way as before. Days passed, maybe weeks. After a while, it almost felt like nothing had changed. Maybe she envisioned the whole thing in her head, or perhaps it was her imagination and the scorch of the sun playing tricks on her again. Either way, she always looked out for her companions. The moon was a great listener, but the sun had a lot to say. Lift your head up, the wind whispered one day. The girl dared to listen, although hesitation kept her head down. Finally, her eyes blinked. Her mouth dropped open, her lips quivered. 
a grand white strip outlined the horizon. White chalk was what covered the ends of the sea. It held such purity and emptiness, a mountain overlapping another and another. Its rigid exterior sat in wrinkles, honest and wise. The white line only went so far before it lowered into the sea yet again. She floated closer. The sea pushed her harder than ever. Is this the end? The girl's voice whimpered. When the boat finally hit the shore, she didn't get out. She merely stared out in awe. The bottom of the rock was a dirty white as if painted green with a dry paintbrush. The algae reached up. Chalk of all shapes and sizes, green, brown and white. The limestone had holes, darkness and shine. Wet, dry. Watching its variety astounded her. Land, finally. But land didn't just peek at her. It revealed itself in its glorious entirety. She remained in the boat. The water cracked as it kissed the shore over and over again. Loud rocks pushed each other underwater. The waves swooshed to a foam, gurgling over pebbles, whilst the smell of algae made it that much more real. A refreshing heat lazed around the beach. The wind thundered from behind her, calling her out of the boat, singing in celebration that it had served its duty. The girl tensed her shoulders, breathed in, and finally stood up. Along with the sea's re reviving gust of wind, the girl took one step out of the boat, then another. The white chalk spread underneath her toes. It felt rough and sharp. It tickled. She started running around the boat and tripped. Oh, how she missed tripping and stumbling to the ground like a child. That tall white wall surrounded her in such majesty. It encompassed her vision from east to west. The strangest sensation of relief encompassed her as her eyes were finally limited in vision. She couldn't remember the last time the horizon held something other than the sky in its hands. Total thrill, satisfaction, and a hunger blazed within her. She felt nauseous, frantic, and unbelievably ecstatic all at once. She prepared herself to finally speak to more than just the winds and the seas, looked up at the mountain before her and asked, What do you hide on the other side, O great mountain? Come and see, it replied in the whistle of the wind. The girl turned to the boat, knelt down next to it and pressed her cheek against its side. She clutched the hull of the boat and shed a tear in gratitude. Taking a breath, she hurried past the seashore and headed toward the lowered hills of the mountains, turned to the sea for one last kiss, then darted above without hesitation. The wind was strong and it danced around her. She went on, heading for the top of the mountain. Grass filled the surface of the cliffs as it softened every step. It smelled like summer the sweetest aroma. I'm going to I'm going to stop there. So that's kind of the beginning of this the third chapter. So this is when the girl the the protagonist finds land. So imagine she had been just, you know, sailing in this little boat for who knows how many years. And now she finally found land. And as you can see this this passage is very descriptive because she notices everything. She sees you know, every tiny little speck of, of dust, of change, of rock. She notices the smell. She notices everything that there is to notice. And 
I think the reason I wanted to read this bit today is because it kind of speaks to me at the moment. So I won't lie to you guys. I've been having a crazy month. I don't know about you guys, um, but it's already the 15th of February. Happy Valentine's Day, by the way, for everyone who celebrated last uh, yesterday. Uh, but today um, is the 15th and well, it will be the 16th when this is up, but it's, it's quite, it's been quite a, quite a the beginning of the year. I don't even know like what word I would use to describe it, but 2024 came with a massive, the dunk, you know, like just huge, you know, where you drop like a, I don't know three massive boxes filled with files and you just drop it onto a desk and it just goes poof. Um, it kind of like that, you know, um, it was exciting, but it was very nerve wracking and heavy. So I'm not going to go into details, but basically some drama happened, um, some, you know, spiritual attacks, spiritual battles that I'd never faced before, as well as physical nuances, uh, differences, um, a new guy that kind of came out of nowhere, but now disappeared. It's just been like, just roller coasters absolute roller coasters but one thing I will say is it's kind of been like exactly like this chapter has begun you know just so much change and such a difference to what you're used to that as much as you're enjoying it you know kind of like the girl looks back at the sea again before she goes into the land she she looks back to give it one more kiss and on one side you'd think she's been stuck in that sea for so long you'd think she wouldn't even look back you'd think she would run for the land and be like I never want to see water again but actually no she ended up falling in love with that that passage in that time of her life and I think that that can happen with us a lot uh, depending on where we are for example when it comes to singleness sometimes when we are in singleness we have a hard time and all we dream is land or romance or relationships things like that we dream of of moving forward of finding the next step but then when we do do that what do we do we look back again don't we we look back at our singleness and we think oh man i'm going to miss that oh what a beautiful thing i had what a what a great thing you know like you 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 start to reminisce uh, you start to get nostalgic about it and I think that's really normal. And I did have that this, um, you know, the last couple of months. It's It's been a, a bit of a change for me. <clears throat> and I got into a place where I started to actually imagine what my future would be um, if I wasn't single, which hasn't, you know, I haven't had that literally ever with anybody. So to have to have experienced that is quite something. I don't know. Never, never really experience the thought of going forward yet yet I mean I haven't gone forward it's you know I'm still single but what I mean is it, even the idea of finding land even the idea of seeing it like like she does right she sees land from a distance at first and it's it's nothing but a little you know uh, kind of line made of chalk that goes up and down like a little mountain on the horizon but then when she gets closer it becomes bigger well, for me, it was kind of like that. It was kind of like just seeing it from a distance and thinking, wow, this could actually be life-changing. 
I never hit the land and I, you know, I'm still very much on the water, but, um, you know, I just wanted to mention that because I want to encourage anybody who may be going through the same thing or have been or are about to enter that. Um, I think the transition between singleness and dating, especially dating for matrimony is so scary in a weird way it's such a heavy-handed thing it carries so much in it it carries so much pressure it carries so much expectation and if you're not careful it can it can break you altogether um but obviously I think that one thing I I've really learned is that we have to be patient with ourselves especially we and I'm talking to the women here like we really have to be patient um, we have this tendency to see someone who has the potential to be or become what we're looking for. And, you know, we, we just, we speed so far ahead and we always tell ourselves that we're not, we always tell ourselves that we're calm, that we're okay. But in some way or another, we do, we do speed ahead. And, you know, I'm not going to deny that I did the same, but, um, I'm so grateful, you know, I learned so much this year has taught me a lot uh, when it comes to to all of that. When it comes to appreciating my singleness and and you know knowing that it is not permanent, and that when things do change and when I do find the land or the matrimony, I will miss singleness. I will look back on it, you know, with tears in my eyes and things like that. So it's important to to make sure you know what it is that you have before you you know, get in such a rush to get rid of it. And that counts for, for anything. That doesn't just count for singleness and marriage. That counts for, I don't know, if you're looking to go forward in your career, if you're looking to start something new or start a new project that you know might change your life, uh, or if it's your family, if, if you are looking to, I don't know, move in with a sibling or a friend or with your mom or if you are used to living with your mom but now want to live alone, you know, like any form of stage of life um, that requires a change and a transition is is really hard um, and it can take a lot out of you. But, but be encouraged that, you know, I think what I always wanted to do is never regret anything, which I don't, and always take everything as a lesson, you know, and some of the big lessons I learned, uh, let's, let's just say this year, this past month and a half has been one that hardship really does draw you closer to God, which we all know. But I think the reason that is, is because we we're humbled in, in hardship. You know, we become very aware that we are insufficient. So we go to the one source that can help and that is God. So, Again, if you go, if you are going through hardship, know that it won't last, and know that it is in these moments that your relationship with God is truly founded on. You know, it is right now when you are proving to yourself and proving to God that your relationship is not temporary, it's not surface, but it's something that you cannot survive without. It is so good for you. Seriously, it's so good for you. Um, the second thing would be, I realized that God does answer prayer, always. But 
that doesn't always mean that just because he answered the prayer to something, it doesn't mean that that answer signifies permanence. What do I mean by that? Basically, a lot of times when God does answer prayer, we think, at least I do, I always think that, oh, if God gave me this, then this is forever, right? But it's kind of the same as saying, okay, Lord, I'm hungry. I want a slice of bread. Um, can you give me that? And it's kind of suggesting that God will give you a slice of bread that will, you know, never end. No matter how many, how many times you eat it, it will just still be there. And I don't know, maybe sometimes God does work like that. It does make me think of that, you know, story in the Bible where with the oil that never ran out and the woman. But at the same time, I just, you know what, I've learned that when God answers prayer, if there is permanence and if there is an always attached to that, it's more rare than when it is not. For example, if you are asking God for a certain, I don't know, a certain provision, whether it's physical, whether it's uh, spiritual, um, things like that, you know, experiences will come, people will come in your life, things will happen. But a lot of times, you know, just because that didn't last does not mean it didn't come from God. That's very important for us to know. And two, a lot of times God doesn't want it to be permanent because if it is, then we'll never come back to him again. Like the, like the piece of bread, right? If he gives you a slice of bread when you're hungry and that slice of bread never ends, then you will never need to go back to God again because you'll be like, I always have food now. I don't need to try. I don't need to do anything. And unfortunately, we don't live in a world that allows for that. One, because, we, you know, we just can't survive by doing nothing but two because that does not draw us closer to God and that is number one for him it's always to improve and make us more like him and hardship like I said before is what does that so this is kind of like a revelation but it's also an encouragement that do ask God he does answer prayer I, I, I saw miracles happen this past month miracles I can't explain to you what miracles I saw but again those miracles were you know they helped that day they helped that season they helped that week um, how much more they will do in the future I don't know but it's none of my business you know some things the Lord does for us in that moment for us to receive what we need in that moment and then if God wants to continue to feed that, then it's up to him. But it's not our responsibility and our, um, you know, ownership to sit and be like, oh, yeah, we got to keep working on this because then we take God's place. Um, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> right. Uh, third thing I learned, just want to go through these quickly, uh, is that maturity requires experience. So... Like I said, because I've had such a such a crazy beginning of the year um, in various aspects of my life, uh, financially, spiritually, emotionally, uh, mentally, all of this, it's made me realize that maturity requires experience. And the kind of experience that's required is the one that requires danger. Um, 
And I know that sounds bad. I'm not saying go and seek danger. Please do not do that. But what I am trying to say is that when when dangerous situations happen, whether it's from your own choice, like a consequence, or whether it's you know something that you had no say in, again, it you know it brings maturity. It is absolutely inevitable. And yes, you don't go searching for maturity. No, no child is, you know, getting up and thinking, oh, I'm going to go and experience something bad because I want to mature. No, they're going to want to go and play. They're going to want to be who they are. Um, And I know that. And God wants us to do that. He wants us to be ourselves. He wants us to rejoice in that, to love him, to honor every moment for what it is and appreciate it. But also accept when maturity does knock at your door in the form of experience, in the form of small bits of danger, of things that, you know, you may not be fully comfortable experiencing. So I think that the key thing I learned there is, okay, fine, we'll never be a fan of hardships and trials and and dangerous situations. But one thing I can do is I can change my perspective on it. So that when it does come, instead of me freaking out, instead of me worrying, instead of me thinking, oh, I want my life to go back to how it was, please let this end quickly. Instead of that, looking at the flip side, which is, hey, this is what's required for maturity. And I want to be mature in Christ. I want to grow. I want to be more like him. And I won't be able to do that without this, without right, without this, what is right in front of me right now. I need this in order to go to the next step. So you know, Jesus helped me to step forward. I think, I think that's, you know, a, a testament to us being bold and, and being brave in order to move forward. Um, and the last thing is I learned that free will is a real thing. So I, I, I might actually make another podcast just about the kind of romantic side of all of these lessons, because I think that would be really interesting. Let me know if you have any, any specific suggestions or questions but um, I learned about free will um, I specifically learned it through actually some sermons I was I was listening to by Timothy Keller and he he he's a brilliant brilliant man or was because he's gone with the Lord now but he he really talks about free will and the understanding of what we have to choose and what God chooses and C.S. Lewis kind of goes on a little bit about this too. So I kind of, mis- kind of by accident, <laughs> if you can call it that, ended up studying a little bit uh, about free will this past month or so. And I learned that as much as God's will is done in our lives and as much as he is completely in control, we are still capable to choose. Hence why there are consequences and why there are rewards um yes there are blessings because god is just good but this world does carry a sense of consequence whether it's positive or negative and that is because we are you know we are people of free will and that means you get to choose a hundred percent and i have to admit my whole life i never liked that idea i always hated knowing that I had the power to choose and be totally, completely content with that idea. For example, just um, just a couple of hours ago, 
I had an aunt of mine call me and tell me, invite me to Austria for the weekend. And my my initial thought was, oh, I have to think about this. I have to ask a couple people. I have to figure it out. And then I thought, you know what? No, I'm just going to do it. I'm, I'm just going to go. I'm going to buy my flight right now and just fly off for a couple of days. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. So this is what I'm saying. We have the ability and the choice, yes, to go and to ask advisors. And, you know, the Bible does say that a wise man has many advisors. Do do that. Um, but we also have the choice to decide on our own, you know, to, to look at what's ahead. And no matter what people say, we still have the ability to choose yes or no. Whether that choice is good or not, I don't know. It all depends on the specific situation. But I think it, I don't know. I just, I learned a lot about the fact that we have more power than we realize. And whilst that may put some pressure on us, I think it also kind of excites me to know, or rather motivates me, I should say, to draw closer to God. Because if I have the ability to choose, then I want to make sure that I choose well. Like Timothy Keller put it, he said, God's purpose is not for us to just sit there and constantly ask him, what's your will? What's your will? What's your will? God's purpose is for us to become so much like him that wisdom will be imprinted in who we are and we will just know. We don't need to ask God, what's your will? Every every two seconds, we don't need to keep asking to keep asking because we will just know. And I don't know, I've never looked at it like that. I always thought that, oh no, you always have to ask God. And to some degree, yes, but no. At the same time, I do kind of uh, agree with Keller because the point and the idea is to become like Christ, right? To become Christ-like creations. And when we are like Christ, we know what we need to do. And Jesus showed the complete and perfect example of what it means to follow the will of God and what it means to trust in your wisdom. For example, when he was healing, when he was doing all of this, when he was praying for people, when he was preaching, he never sat there and asked, God, is it your will for me to, to heal this person? No. He just said, hey, you, give me your hand. You with leprosy. You with with the bleeding. You, you, you over there that's disabled. Come here and I'll heal you. He just did it. He knew that that was what God wanted. It was just it was natural, you know, it wasn't even a question. But he did one time, one time that he did ask God was in the garden when he knelt down and he said, you know, take this cup from me, but, you know, regardless, let your will be done. So he knew what God's will was, right? The only thing he did in that moment wasn't, he didn't ask, oh, what is your will? He merely asked, okay, he, he presented himself and his fears and his worries to the Lord and said, God, I don't know if I can handle this. This is, this is strong. This is big. But then again, if this is your will, which he kind of knew it was, then that's okay. So we kind of have the perfect example of doing both, you know, of knowing when it just comes down to pure, the, the will of God and nothing else. It has nothing to do with us or what we want. And that, that I have noticed is in the most, the hardest times of our lives when we truly and completely have to give up everything that we are. That one is really hard. But also 
knowing how to live the rest of our lives, the day-to-days, in the full confidence that we have the wisdom that Christ gives and that God has, has implanted in us in order to act and behave according to his will rather than have to keep asking for it. But anyway, I'm going too deep into that. But um, I hope that that inspired you a little bit either way and that you're encouraged today. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for teaching us always for teaching us through our day-to-day, for teaching us through your word, for teaching us through people, through experiences. Thank you because you know what you have for us, God. And I pray for every single person listening to this. Help them, God, whatever it is they're going through. If they are out on the sea in a boat, lost somewhere and not knowing where they're going, I pray that you be their guide and help them figure out where it is they're going, even if they don't know the destination, to just trust in you. Or if they are someone who is noticing the land and is in the transition of moving forward, I pray for courage and peace and and I pray for the total wisdom that your spirit gives to us as it lives in us to be able to go forward knowing and trusting that you will be with them as they go forward. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that this helped, that it encouraged you, that you were filled with more of the Lord today. Be blessed. Don't forget to check out my blog for more of my writings. Don't forget to check out my Etsy shop if you haven't yet. I do sell digital prints and original painting like canvases online. So do check all that out. It's in the description below. So be bold and virtuous, my sisters and brothers. And let's keep going and stay strong in the Lord. For in Him is all that we need. God bless you guys. Bye.